Okay, turn your Bible to Habakkuk 2. I just want to share one verse in Habakkuk and then jump into Isaiah 35. I want to talk about the glory of God. The glory of God. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14 is a prophetic word that says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Father, we just pray that prayer that this pastor exhorted us to pray that your glory would cover the earth, just like the oceans cover the sea, Lord Jesus, that your presence would come down and people would see your glory. And then they will glorify you when they see your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. I want to talk tonight about the results of the glory of God coming, what to expect, what to believe God for, what to pray for, what to prophetically speak into existence. The word glory literally means the weight of God or the presence of God. How many here have ever uh, been a little bit depressed or down and you felt the weight of a nice hand on your shoulder? Okay, The weight of, of a hug, the, the love flowing through a person to you. Well, God wants to demonstrate his glory and his power. And when we feel down or discouraged, we can feel the weight of his glory upon us. That will strengthen us and inspire us to do more for the kingdom of God. So I'm going to talk about what the glory of God looks like. So when you see it, you have evidence. When I come to this church, I feel the presence of God. How many can say amen? Amen. amen. So turn your Bible to Isaiah 35. I'm going to give you a number of things that happen when the glory of God comes. You need to believe for this. You need to pray for this. And when it shows up, you need to get excited. Some of these you'll go, yeah, I know that. And others will go like, oh, I didn't know that. Encourage you to take out a piece of paper and pen to take notes. If you don't have one, look for a neighbor with a 50-pound purse or an iPad or a telephone. But write some of these things down. Isaiah 35, looking at verse 1, gives us a couple keys. First it says, the desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. And one of the things that might surprise you that I believe happens when God's presence comes is it literally affects agriculture. Israel, if you've ever been there, is a beautiful country of rocks. They actually have rock pickers that just go and pick up rocks because there's so many of them. And when I think of promised land, um, you know, it's not the weather maybe, but, but Iowa is like a promised land. It's black dirt. Israel's a lot of rocks, okay? And it's amazing, though, that it's more of a desert, a very arid land, and yet they produce so much food, they export it. It's an incredible thing that's happened. Whereas the Arab countries around, and if they didn't have oil, they wouldn't have anything but donkeys, pretty much, and camels. But the Jewish people, <clears throat> they have the promised land, they have the glory of God, and it changes agriculture. I'm believing this. As times are going to get tougher in the future, how many recognize that? I'm encouraging God's people, instead of investing in 50 pairs of shoes, get some land. Or if you, don't, if you can't afford to get land, then have some friends that have land and develop that land. Begin to believe God that the church, I believe, someday, if they will take this prophetic word literally, they begin to believe for the glory of God to come down, that we produce not only enough food for our family, but enough to be able to give away to others. Is that not the goal? I was hungry and you fed me. We're believing for supernatural harvest, even in agriculture. Agriculture changes culture. If you don't have food, you don't live. And I believe that the church should be the cutting edge of technology, and even raising food in Jesus' name. So the glory of God will shine and come down, and desert land that has never been used for anything positive 
will turn into land that is productive in Jesus' name. Now, that can also be a spiritual thing, too. That there's times in your life that life is a desert, it's dry, nothing's happening, and the glory of God rains down, and you start producing fruit in the very areas you're weak in. Isn't that exciting? Amen. How many have some weak areas? Say, "Uh uh-huh. How many are sitting next to someone? Don't worry about them. In those dry areas, God can produce supernatural fruit in Jesus' name. Typically what I do is I speak, share a point, and then I pray over people because I believe that God has a word for every person. One word can change your life forever. How many can say amen? So I like to call people right in the middle of the service and pray for them and let God's presence touch them. And so I'm going to start with a young person first. Let's start with this young lady right here. Okay, yep, that would be you. Come up here. And a couple of friends want to come stand by her. We're going to pray for her and see what Jesus is going to say to her. Won't you stand in front of me? Amen. I am believing a day coming for this church to have lots of dancers to Jesus. Amen. To dance prophetically, not just wing it, but actually plan it out. And God, I pray for her to have a heart for worship, for the presence of God. God, for that ministry call you have on her life. Not just to just experience good teaching, but to teach the word of God in Jesus' name. Send her forth to the nations. Wouldn't it be awesome you know, that to have her come with you on a missions trip? That would be pretty incredible in Jesus' name. She does like to talk a lot anyway, so that will be easy for her. Amen. Do you have a mom or dad here? I thought it was your brother and sister. I'm sorry. And um, thank God you don't, I don't have to pay for her wedding. <laughs> it's going to be expensive. Amen. So God, I pray for her to be anointed, to be a great leader, to make a difference, and to influence young people to turn from ungodliness to holiness in Jesus' name. Amen. Give her a hand. Amen. God bless you. Point number two, fruit of the joy, says this. Verse number two, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. Now, at the very end of the chapter, it says, And the ransom of the Lord will return. They'll enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their hearts, crown their heads, excuse me. Now, it's not a temporary joy. How many were happy one day and depressed the next? How many of you had a good day and then a bad month? How many of you felt that it can't get any worse and it does? Ever feel like you hit bottom and somebody throws you a shovel? It can't get any worse. <laughs> it can get a lot worse. But how many of you ever came to church and saw Brother Shake and Bake up there worshiping God? You started singing and you know you should be depressed, but you can't remember why. I had a miserable day yesterday. I don't. And of course, you leave church and then you remember it. But I tell you what, what happens when you come in the presence of God, there is fullness of, there is. See, the world has to get high. The world has to get drunk. The world has to have retail therapy. See, our joy is free. And we don't have hangovers afterwards. How many can say hallelujah? We have people that live in our house that have addictions. Uh, One year we had three ex-felons in our home at the same time. People say, weren't you afraid? I said, no. We have two large angels in our house. Their names are Smith and Wesson. And if they mess up, they'll be a holy man. We just start with the toes and work our way up. But whatever. The point is this, is that we see these guys come in, and just last week they, they get drunk, and they feel depressed. They take drugs, and they feel depressed. Well, how many times do you have to do that before you realize Duh, 
don't do it. It hurts when I do this. Well, then, don't do it. I learned that from Hee Hallelujah TV show years ago. The point is, thank you for laughing at that. You listen carefully. My jokes aren't even that funny, but it helps. The, one of the reasons why pastors like me to come in because my jokes are worse than theirs. And I make them look really good. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate that encouragement. So the key is this. When glory of God show, shows up, you're not going to be depressed. You're going to be joyful. And see, the world thinks if you're really spiritual, or they call it religious, that you're going to be depressed because how many have seen Christians that look like they've been baptized in lemon juice? One lady says, sometimes I wake up grumpy and sometimes I let them sleep in. How much joy do you have tonight? I love coming into the presence of God. And when His glory comes, when we praise Him, when we worship Him, when He inhabits praise, joy comes. Now there's times I try to be serious and not be funny. That's a mistake because I'm more funny than I was before. Because part of the calling of God is for us to have fruit. And one of the fruit of the Spirit is, says, love, joy. Number two, if there's an order of importance, I don't know if there is an order of importance, but it's right after love. Jesus said in John 15 that your joy may be. How do you know the glory of God is in your service? People laugh. People have joy. Kids can't wait to come to church. How many can say amen? That church I was raised in, I couldn't wait to come to church when it was over. Thank God it was bingo week. Let's get out of here, okay? It was boring. How many know what I mean? The church services I grew up in cured insomnia. Boring. It's one of my college professors from cemetery, seminary. He taught that it's a sin to be boring. I said, then you sin all the time. I shouldn't have said that. I got a C minus in my next speech. But the point is this. We can have joy. And when unbelievers see us having joy, guess what? They can get joy too. They can experience the joy of God. How many of you ever had to go to the doctors? Right? You can go to the doctors and have joy. Especially when the doctor comes in and pray for them before they leave. <laughs> you look depressed. Get healed in Jesus' name. <laughs> Whatever. The point is, wherever we're at, we can have joy. Even when you go to work, you can bring the glory of God with you. Amen. How many of you ever been around grumpy people at work? Negative and grumpy, hate my job and hate this and hate that. And you walk in, woo, work. I love it. Oh, no, we have to quit. It's Oh, man, I want to work more. Won't that freak out, people? What are you on? Jesus. Oh, my gosh, don't talk to me anymore. But if they can see the consistent glory of God on you, which is joy, we influence people. How many can say amen? So understand when the glory of God comes, when revival comes, it doesn't mean you're going to be depressed. It means you're going to have what? See, if you don't have the fruit of the Spirit, you look fruity. And how many have ever been to the Granola Church? The fruits, flakes, and nuts. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Okay, Brother Shake, let's pray for you, buddy. Once the people come stand by him, of course, some of you men of God or women of God, and put a hand on him, we're going to pray. It's an honor to... Be in his presence. Pastor Allen, I need you. Oh, sorry, brother. And your wife, too. Amen. Father God, I 
pray for the times and to be able to do special concerts and have thousands and thousands of people come, not praising you or your group, but praising Jesus. Amen. There's a lot of guys that have had your gifts, and they just took the glory too much on themselves. But God, as the glory comes, sometimes people give it to you. He's learned a long time ago, I don't keep any of it. I'm just, God, just pass it up to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All the glory to him. God, I also pray for him to get in contact with some of the ex-rockers back in the day. And I see you guys having a get-together, amen, sharing the stories. And even some of the ex-rockers who are now saved, amen, and coming together to worship God, to know God, to connect. God, I pray for that to happen in Jesus' name. That you give him favor, even with leaders of cities in Jesus' name. God, I pray for this man to be able to raise up young men, God, who are going nowhere. God, who are going to, they're going to hell, but they're taking drugs and alcohol. That he influence them to seek first the kingdom of God. That they'll see something different about him. Also pray for some of the old songs he used to do to put Christian words to it. Wouldn't that be incredible? In Jesus' name. So God, I pray you open doors that no man can close. And he'd use that studio, God, and people will pay him to do CDs for him. A good source of income. That way you can take that money, give some of it away, and pay off your house. In Jesus' name, amen. Your brother, shake a hand. Amen. Bless you, brother. Amen. And I believe the day is coming. You're going to have a concert here. And some people are going to walk in and go like, I know that person was my favorite star when I was a kid. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? Coming right here. It could happen in Jesus' name. Okay. Let's go on. Ex-Rockers for Jesus. Next key. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Verse number three. Strengthen the feeble hands. And what happens is as God's presence comes, as you talked about in 1 Corinthians, he comes to strengthen you. As one governor says, I want to pump you up. God wants to pump you up. When you feel weak, when you feel like quitting and giving up, the presence of God comes and you want to do more for Jesus. Amen. I never prophesied to retire. Sorry. I always prophesy to refire. I, can't, I read the Bible through many times, six times in Spanish, 25 times in English. I can't find the word retirement there. No offense to people. Unless, of course, you have faith in the government and social insecurity. <laughs> God help you. There's times we get weary. How many have ever raised children and it can get a little bit tiring sometimes? Right? They wake up at all hours. They wake up at night and uh, they sleep during the day. Great. How does that work? Right? And teenagers can be tiring. Amen. Can't believe you have a teenager. How old were you when you got married? Ten. Okay. That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm talking about. Some people are going to think that's your sister. Okay, whatever. So the point is this, is God will strengthen you when his presence comes. But a lot of people, they, they want to love Jesus, but they don't want to go to church. Well, wherever two or three are gathered together, there he is. I want to encourage you and tell you, you can't make it with God without the church. It's where his presence comes. Yeah, you can serve God by yourself, but you're going to be weak. When people come together, you bring in your river of, of Jesus. You bring in your river of the Spirit. Everybody brings in their river, and you get a flood. And all of a sudden, when you're weak, strength comes. The other week, I... Saturday, was it Friday night, got home at 2 in the morning and 
had to get up at 3 to catch a flight. Of course, I didn't sleep the whole day. And probably about once every 10 days, I go a day without sleeping. Am I tired? Maybe a little. But the minute I start ministering, strength comes. The minute I start worshiping, all of a sudden, he sets me free, and he pumps me up, and he gives me energy. How many can say amen? And it's not just when you preach and minister. It's wherever you're at, the presence of God can be with you to strengthen you. So if you feel weak, you need to crowd. Let the glory of God come upon me. And he'll give you supernatural strength. How many can say hallelujah? So what are your weakest areas or your weakest times of the day or the weakest aspects of your life? Ask God to give you his glory. And watch the energy and strength of God come. Think of the time when you were sick, hell, and that you're fighting that disease. There's a lot of people who would have given up and lived on disability. But you never stopped because God strengthened you. Amen. Think of the times in your life when you felt like, God, I'm overwhelmed. I can't take it anymore. And his presence comes. And he wraps his arm around you. And he strengthens you in Jesus' name. Every one of us knows people that were Christians at one time and they got hurt or burnt, tired. Get them back into the presence of God. Get them back into the church in Jesus' name. Let them hear the word and experience the hand of God on them and he will strengthen them in the name of Jesus. Amen? All right. Let's see here. I'm going to pray for this brother right here. I'm going to get cowboy boots on. Would you come up here? I'm talking to you. To bring your girlfriend with you. Would you some guys come stand by and we're gonna pray for him in Jesus' name and Amen. Father God, we pray that he'd never be weak and well doing and weary, God, but to keep on going because he is a vital, important man in this church. In some cases he'll be the point man, which means you get shot first. But God to pray for that godly sense of adventure. The Bible talks about uh, trying to, 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 to serve God with all your heart, mind, body, and strength, and that people actually look at us and go, nothing is impossible to God by the, what they see in your life. That God, he will be able to do impossible things. That people, even for his, they look at his age and go, like, you can't do that at your age. Oh, yeah? Let me show you. Because the presence of God is upon him. God, he's not just a bystander watching and clapping in the church. He's essential into the fabric of this church. As he brings in the spirit of worship, and wisdom to encourage, teach, and bless. I know the devil is trying to put heavy weights upon him, and we cut them off in Jesus' name, and we release him to the great call of God that nothing is impossible with this man in Jesus' name, because Christ is in him, the hope of glory. When he walks out, he is empowered. You inject him with more of the Spirit of God, with your Holy Spirit fuel to accomplish more than he's ever done before in Jesus' name. Give him the strength of a young man of 18 years old, and the wisdom of a man who's 70 in Jesus' name. God, we need him to be sharp, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit in these last days. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. For you will empower others that have given up, and they'll get revitalized in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give Jesus a hand for that word. He will, when the glory of God comes, he will steady your knees. And there's times in life... We get hit hard. And I found this in my life. The disasters come in threes. 
sometimes force. Have you ever noticed that? And it's to make you unsteady. So you ever have a day start out and you wish you wouldn't have got out of bed? It's just one thing after another, after another, after another. And it makes you shaky. It makes you unsteady. And one of the things that pushes people away from God is unstable people. One day they're serving God, and the next day they're backslidden. We see that in our home a lot. You've been in our house. You've seen some pretty dysfunctional people. My son came home from law school a couple years ago. He said, Dad, where do you find all these dysfunctional people? I said, well, the church, of course. And there's times you get hit and you get, hey, Steve, you got your sweetie here. You see me? And, and there's times you get hit and you get hit and you get hit. And pretty soon you're shaky. Pretty soon you're nervous. It's almost like a child or an animal that's been abused and it's flinching all the time because it's going to get hit. But then one day God stabilizes you and he steadies you. And he says, it's, it's going to be okay. It's like he allows us to go to the brink where we say, I can't take it anymore. And his hand comes upon us. It's not easy, brother, taking in a grandchild to be a full-time parent. But you know what? You're called to do it. And it's exciting. And someday when you walk down the aisle with that child in a wedding, should the Lord tarry, and you're the daddy, it'll all be worth it. How many can say hallelujah? Amen? There's pressure in life. I have a friend of mine, and he's... uh, works for um, a big uh, investment company, Smith & Barney or one of those, Morgan Stanley. And he's saying, Brother Tom, I'm so stressed. I said, okay, well, let me ask you this question. What income bracket are you in, top 1% or 2%? He said, yeah, I'm in the top 2% of income bracket. But don't you think you're going to be in the top 1% or 2% of the stress bracket? If you have no stress, it means you're probably not accomplishing anything. You're going to have stress. So I asked him, would you rather be in the bottom 1% to 2% of stress and make the bottom 1% to 2% income? He says, no. Well, glory to God then. The bigger things that God has for you, the more you can tip over. But he steadies your knees. How many have ever twisted a knee or popped a knee out? It can be a little bit painful, Right? But the Spirit of God comes in like that knee brace. And so when the devil's pushing you around, you'll be steady Eddie or steady Freddy or steady Betty. In Jesus' name. It's time for the church to be consistent in our walk with God. Be consistent in our values and not be blown around by what's popular in the world. Another big evangelical minister in the U.K. decided... It's okay to be a homosexual and be a Christian. You know, we love people that have problems. How many here have some problems? It's not that one issue is always worse than another issue. But if you compromise on that, why even? how can you say things about being faithful to your wife in marriage? Or what about pedophilia? I mean, you've got to have some standards, and the Bible has boundaries, and what is wrong is wrong, and what is right is right, and he doesn't take a vote on it. Amen. doesn't mean you're nasty or mean because you say something is wrong, right? This is, something is wrong doesn't mean you're a bad person. It's wrong. You still, we love people. Amen. But we can't be pushed around by what's popular or unpopular. We go by what book? The Bible. 
And when the glory of God comes on you, no matter what winds come against you, you're going to be steady. So, Brother Steve, when you fly, have you ever had a, a wind gust? What's it called? That the wind flash or something? I forget. There's a, what's that again? Wind shear. You ever had one of those? Is that fun? Jesus. <laughs> you ever shout? I guess he's shouting Jesus in the cockpit. Jesus, just don't be on the speaker. I might freak out the people from Islam. Okay, but anyways, right? See? And, and all of a sudden, you felt that plane, as I did today a little bit. If you're flying to Tegucigalpa, Honduras. Okay? What are you laughing at? <laughs> I know you have. <laughs> and it's like, okay, Lord, steady the plane. And he steadies it. I was in Seattle, Washington, and the plane landed rather hard. And the, the man at the cockpit said, it's not the pilot's fault. It's not the plane's fault. It was that the asphalt, the tar. Okay. So that was a, kind of interesting. That's not my joke. I'm just repeating it. Hallelujah. A tough crowd tonight. See, I've been here enough now. People can just pick on me just whenever they want. Bunch of Christian archaeologists that like to dig me. Come on, be, be kind to the animals. Okay, I'm going to pray for a young child. How about that one? Let's see here. Well, he's not really a young child. I'll get them later. I'm going to pray for you. Get up here. I readjusted. They were busy wrestling back in there. I want to rest a little bit. Here you go. Stretch forth your hands. This is an exciting word. Stretch forth your hands. Father God, I just pray. For the mantle, Pastor, would you come up here, please? The mantle of your blessing to be upon him, God. That God, it's so hard for a young person to walk in his way. But the Bible instructs in Psalm 119, how should a man walk in his way? It's the word of God. And that word of God be close to him. That God, your mantle be upon him to be like a John the Baptist, even as a young person. That people may even call him the preacher. Amen. That God, he'll stand strong take the heat, take the persecution, amen, that he be a voice in the wilderness, that rare young man who not only preaches it, but lives it in Jesus' name. I know he likes to tease a lot. Isn't that true? Especially some girls. Is that true? That are right next to you over here? <laughs> That's not funny yet. But yet, God, he's sincere. He's hungry for God. He should be on the worship team. What do you think about that? Yes, the answer is yes. I pray for him to play an instrument. He can maybe shake or teach you how to play a few instruments. That you anoint him, God, to be a worshiper, to not goof around during worship, but be focused, to bring a iPad or to bring a computer or to bring a notebook and pen and take notes of the sermon in Jesus' name. Because one day you may be preaching some of Pastor Allen's sermons in the name of Jesus. Let him be sincere and hungry and focused. What am I preaching on today? Different. Different things, I guess. That's good. Okay, all right. Different things, I guess. Okay. Well, that was a prophecy. He'll be taking notes. Obviously, he hasn't started yet. It'll start about now. Different things, I guess. Okay. It's a great impact sermon. How was the sermon? Uh, different things, I guess. It was really good. <laughs> He's lost five pounds of sweat. Give him a pen and paper. Thank you. Very good. There's a pen and paper. Very good. Okay. Yeah, joy is one of the points. Very good. Okay. Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> Next key. Say to those with fearful hearts. And what happens when the 
glory of God comes on you, all of a sudden, you're just not afraid. All of a sudden, you take godly risks. All of a sudden, you're willing to have an adventure in Jesus. If there was a movie about your life, what category would it fall under? Romance? Drama? Comedy? Adventure? Or the movie that once and for all cured insomnia? Adventure. And every one of us, there's certain things that are scary to us. There's certain things we're afraid of maybe failing in. I have, in my, in my ministry or, and, and business, I have to make difficult phone calls. Okay? And I want to ask you as a, as a Christian minister or, or business person or just a normal person, if you have a difficult phone call to make, when do you make the call? Do you make it first to get it out of the way? Do you do it at the end, praying to God who just take care of it through some type of angel? When I make my difficult calls, I make it in the middle. I make positive call, positive call, positive call. Jesus, take the wheel. Call. That difficult call. And if that positive call, positive call, positive call. The point is this. It's amazing how people can put fear in you. It's amazing the opportunities that God has for us when we walk in fear and fear paralyzes us and fear stops us. I have people say, well, I'm afraid to, you know, to go on an airplane. Well, because it's dangerous. I went, um, they've had 10 to 40 years experience. You're driving on the highway next to teenagers who just got their license. They've been smoking wacky tobacco, okay? It's an icy road, and you're not afraid? <laughs> Hello. See, I believe in pilots, Steve, because Pontius was a pilot. Anybody that has a name flying his name, I'm going to trust. But anyways, I'm, so, the, so the, the point is this. When God's presence comes on you, you have God in you, and God is afraid of, say it. So if I'm filled with God, I'm fearless. Wow. What an opportunity to do something for Jesus. Amen. So what does God want you to do? That's a little bit scary. He does jump out of that boat, walk on that water. For example, I've done this before, but there's always some new people come. I need the toughest guy in the church here tonight. Toughest (laughs) guy. Thank you. You're kind of a wannabe, but... um, Okay, he's t- thank you for volunteering. I appreciate that. What's your best fist? Stand right here. Now, I'm just a preacher. I'm just a little guy. And I'm going to give this man, what's your name? Joseph. Joseph. The opportunity to take his fist. Show me which one. That's a big fist. And I'm going to give him the opportunity to hit me in the shoulder as hard as, not yet. I'll tell you when. As hard as he can. Can you believe that? Right? Don't miss. Or I'll turn the other cheek. Pastor Allen will kick you out of the church. No. But I want you to aim. Right? Not yet. 
right there. Don't hit me in the face. I'll turn the other cheek and hit you back. Right there. Ready? Go. Did you hurt your wrist? You okay on that one? <laughs> so, what do you think I did just before he hit me? I flinched. Tighten up. So I had this, these gangbangers from Chicago come with me. They said, what's that noise? That would be a pig when we went on the farm. What are those shiny things in the air? Stars? They've never been out of the city. I said, so I was standing at my house. I said, you guys want to go shoot guns? You ever done it? Are you kidding? We did it for a living. <laughs> so one of them got really spiritual after traveling for three days. He thought he was better than me. So I decided to have him punch me as hard as I can, and he's just can't wait to hit the preacher. And he hit me, and I kind of flinched about a quarter inch. He didn't hit me right, and he cracked his wrist. You could hear the church, crack! Oh! And for the next week, he was like this. Can you imagine going back to the hood? Dude, how'd you hurt your wrist? I hit a grandpa preacher. <laughs> what are you afraid of doing? What's scary to you? Do you know the number one thing people are afraid of? Public speaking? Yeah, well, it depends what kind of spiders. Okay. <laughs> okay. What are you afraid of? Faith, your fear. When the glory of God comes upon us, we do supernatural things to the glory of God. Things that people say, you can't do that. But to the glory of God, you can do that in Jesus' name. And when you do succeed, who gets the credit? God gets the credit. What areas does God want you to overcome? In? Take out your pen and paper. And I want you to write down one thing you need to overcome. You need to overcome. I was in North Carolina. And my wife used to live kind of in a borderline ghetto area before we got married. And, and she was at, staying, we were staying at her brother's house. And I dropped her off. And it was late at night. And this mega huge guy with muscles on his eyeballs starts running toward my car. And I get this weird feeling he's going to break into the car. I'm looking for the lock button, but I can't find it. And he jumps in the car window. Who are you? Of course, the glory of God was on me, Pastor Allen. Just a fearless man of God. Who are you? I said, I'm Tom Dammon. What are you doing here? I'm a preacher of the gospel. Are you selling drugs? I take Tylenol. I was paralyzed in fear. Isn't that an embarrassing story? I could at least bit him and got some DNA in my teeth. Right? But no, just sit there afraid. And the devil paralyzes us. And we walk in that fear. But in the glory of God and the presence of God, we are surrounded by God who is fearless. So here's what I want you to do in the next 30 seconds. In the next two to five years, what's one thing you can attempt to do you've never done before? Because you're fearless. Because, you know, if God be for you, who can be against you? Some of you, tithing would be a thing to overcome. Fear of tithing. Because if I give, I'm not going to have enough. Some of you, if you've been single for a long time, act a guy asking a girl out. I prophesied over a guy one time. I said, I see you getting uh, married, but you've got to ask out a girl first. He said, darn. Okay. What are you afraid of? Begin to believe for the presence of God to come upon you. And you're fearless. And God's going to raise up some 
super men and women for Jesus. Amen. Some of you are afraid to go on a missions trip. So when your pastors go on a mission trip, you're going to say, here am I. I'm going. And it's exciting how God can use you in Jesus' name. Amen? All righty here. Who are we going to pray for? Uh, let's see here. How about um, the man in back there? That black man in back. That'd be a TV show. The guy in the gray, in the gray sweatshirt. And who's the girl next to you? And she is your new acquaintance, friend. Stand by the guy in the gray shirt. And a couple of men of God, help me pray for him. Here we go. Amen. Tonight's kind of a stretch for you. <laughs> this is a little bit different. So, God, I thank you that this man's going to have wisdom to make excellent decisions in Jesus' name. That people actually will call him on the phone. I don't know what to do. What do you think I should do? I pray, Father God, for new relationships he's going to commit to, Lord Jesus. That, God, there's been a time of a broken heart experience, but could have sang the song, Broken Hearts Fill. But God, you're healing him, God, to God to heal him to build new relationships. God, I pray as you begin to promote him, God, into the secular society, into the marketplace. And you lift him up, Father, and God gets the credit, and God gets the glory in Jesus' name. Are you married or single? And so, God, I just pray someday that however it works out in your plan, that God, you'll have a bride that loves him, and he loves that bride in Jesus' name. God, begin to work out the details and heal the hearts. God, we pray for restoration to the call that you have for him. That he'd not be sidestepped, God, and sidetracked. But, God, he'd walk that way that you have for him in Jesus' name. I pray you promote him, and God will get the credit, and God will get the glory. And all the damage that's been done, I pray for you to restore him, God, better than ever before. That, God, he'll be strong, he'll be joyful to make righteous decisions, to make honorable decisions, to make wise decisions in Jesus' name. That there will be a day coming, he'll know, I've done all I can do. I have no regrets. I will go forward in God. I will not have feeble knees, but I will finish the call that God has for me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I'm really glad that you came, brother. Amen. You don't know how I did it? I nailed it? Well, let's give God the glory. Thank you for sharing that with me. I appreciate that, my friend. Amen. Give Jesus a hand. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad there's a God that still speaks to us today? Amen. Because, brother, I want to tell you something. The best is yet to come for you. I mean, you're kind of bottomed out, but you know what? He's going to fix you. And it's going to be exciting what he has. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for sharing. Next key is this. Be strong, do not fear. Your God will come, and he'll come with vengeance. And this is the next thing that happens when the glory of God comes. God brings vengeance on the enemies of God. The Bible says in Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 4, And the Spirit of the Sovereign God is upon me. It goes on to say, to bring vengeance. Amen. Now, as a child of God, we are not allowed to bring vengeance on people. Though how many here would like to help God in that area? Here am I, send me. I think I'm called. But we can bring vengeance on demonic spirits on demons and the devil. One of the worst days of my life, well, actually it's the worst day of my life, was when I found out my son had a brain tumor. 
it was horrible. And I just hit bottom, and I was, to be honest, I was a little bit mad at God. How could you let that happen to myself? You want to have it happen to me? Okay, not my kid. He's a good kid. He loves Jesus. I mean, he's, his goal in life is to rescue kids from the sex trade. And start, he's already started an adoption agency. He's working on the paperwork. And he's going to be a, a, a lawyer to help people. And, and how could this happen to him? And I was a little bit upset. And I was very discouraged. And the Lord said to me, you're in a battle. And you better fight. Because innocent people get hurt in war. Isn't that true? He said, you've got to fight. I told the devil this. I said, devil, if you take my son, I swear to God and the Bible, I will build a hospital and I will pay you back and I will take thousands of your people that would be dead and I'll help them find Jesus. I don't care if I die doing it. I'll work every day, every minute, every hour to build that big hospital and you will suffer for taking my kid. Thank God my son came out. Praise you, Jesus. And he just graduated from law school and passed the bar exam and got married. And he's starting his own law firm with another guy. Thank you, Jesus. And I thank you, Jesus. Amen. And I, I lied to the devil because I built a medical clinic anyway. I had to restate what I said. Okay, I'm not going to build a hospital, but I'm going to build a medical clinic. And thank God. It's so exciting. Some of you came to Honduras. Remember Dr. Ron and Dr. Mary? And they've got a container full of medical supplies and medical equipment that they're shipping to Honduras. How many can say glory to Jesus? And the dream is being fulfilled. But I'll tell you something. The day of vengeance is now. God, to pay back what's been stolen this year, we had 70, last year, 70 to $80,000 embezzled and well, basically ended up being so-called stolen. Half of it we got back now. Thank you, Jesus. But it was horrible. That was my wife's worst experience she's ever experienced this last year. And that was one of my top three or four. Thank you, Jesus. The point is this. Is the devil has to pay back. It says in Exodus 23, if you catch the thief stealing, he has to pay back double. And if you read Proverbs 6, verse number 30, he has to pay back seven times. How many can say hallelujah? So I've had people say, declare that this is the year of payback. Amen. That whatever's been taken from you, whether it's health, it's children, it's dreams, it's finances, whatever it is, God's here to pay back the enemy. How many can say hallelujah? Uh, how many here have ever Googled your name? It's amazing what you can find out about yourself. So if you Google my name, you'll find out right underneath my website is uh, I made pissedoff.com. And so one guy I prophesied over dead like the prophecy, posted one time, got mad, um, and then later on realized the prophecy was true, and he repented. If you read the whole thing through, he actually said he was sorry. Found it was one of my ministers that had quit, and he repented. He got the letter of repentance uh, I saved it. And um, he said, well, could I be reordained with you? <laughs> yeah, we did it. We forgave him. I know. How many here are kind of a sucker for grace? <laughs> How many here need lots of grace? How many lots of mercy? He said, God, should I, should I, should I forgive him? 
How many been forgiven by God? Say amen. Amen. And yet, but you know, the truth is the truth. I've had other people that didn't repent and come against me. Some of them, them are no longer breathing. They're dead. And they came against, they came against, they would not repent, and they're no longer alive. Or they're paralyzed in some cases. Sometimes in, one guy cursed me, and two weeks later he's sitting in jail for murder for the rest of his life. Gave me his IQ under two after prophecy. <laughs> and two weeks later he's in jail for murder. So I'm trying to say is this, is that when the glory of God comes on, vengeance comes against God's enemies. So what are the enemies coming against you? Who, what is coming against you? It might be the curse of poverty. It might be a sickness. It might be people. But God brings vengeance on the devil. How many can say hallelujah? That's what happens when the glory of God comes back. That's why all the nations that come against Israel, they will be toast coming against Israel. And I'll give you a sure sign this country is going to go under. If the leadership keeps going against Israel, we are toast. How many know that's true? You curse Israel, you will be cursed. And one of the things I study the most is how are they treating Israel? Okay? You know what? I'm not talking about the average person, but the main people. It's not good. We need to pray. God either change their hearts or remove them in Jesus' name. Do you believe that? Amen. Because a day of vengeance will come. And I'm going to give you something in history that happened. It's based in Minnesota, of course. It's negative. The point is this. Back in 2007, 40 years to the day that Israel was invaded by the Muslim countries, um, a man named Keith Ellison from Minneapolis was putting pressure on Israel to give the land back to the Palestinians. Actually, back. It was originally their land. To give the land to the Palestinians. And they said no. He's trying to get them to give back the West Bank. And 40 years to the day when Israel was invaded. And that night, 2007, a bridge collapsed in Minneapolis. Oh, that good. Okay. It's a good story, but not that good. The bridge collapsed on what? The West Bank of Minneapolis. Oh, in whose district? His district. Japan had the tsunami. One year to the date, they signed a contract with the Palestinians to build things that goes against Israel. Don't mess with God's people. How many can say amen? Both Israel and God's people. Amen. I want to encourage the people here, and these are the, the, the Marines are here tonight, the few, the humble, the Marines. We need to surround Pastor Allen and Pastor Yvette with all our prayers and love. How many can say amen? Because the devil comes against them with things you have no clue. Nasty emails, unsigned, of course. Just word curses, different things. And I pray that this is the year this church really commits to standing with the man and woman of God. How many can say amen? Do you believe that? Give Jesus a hand. Amen and amen. I totally believe that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's just take a break here and pray for somebody. The glory of God is on Brother Steve. Did you bring your sweetie pie up with you? Amen. And people come stand by him. Would I like to do that? Pastor and Greg and... Here we go. 
You know, as I think about who's really trusted in this country, uh, pilots are some of the most trusted people and respected people. And Father God, I just pray as he's in that cockpit with influencers in Jesus' name, that God, as he can talk, they work together 12, 14 hours, talk about whatever they want. I pray in the name of Jesus, you use him to do the work of an evangelist, to be prophetic, to pray for people, to be that witness in Jesus' name. I even see you around guys who barely talk English, amen, that are from countries that are not Christian countries. They're either communist, they're either Islamic, but God is going to influence them. I even see him instructing these pilots someday in Jesus' name. I pray, Father God, as you give him favor in the city, God, I pray a day coming that his businesses will make more money than him being a pilot, that one day he won't have to travel as much, but he can be here more often in Jesus' name. I thank you for the wisdom he has. It's with his intelligence, he could be cynical. He's not. He's positive. He finds the answers. He finds the solutions. I pray, God, as you make up for the years lost in, in the relationships he had before he married his bride, but, God, these years will be awesome and anointed and happy and joyful. It's like every time he comes home, it's a brand-new honeymoon in Jesus' name. That even your daughters will say, you know, you guys are kind of weird. But when I get married, I want to have a marriage like you. They won't admit it at their age. But someday they will look at you guys as a model of marriage. That was Greg and Marietta teach marriage. You guys will be able to do the same thing in Jesus' name. That there's certain pitfalls in certain areas you can't go, but you'll pray together. You'll seek God, and the love of Jesus will be there. But even though you have to be apart half the time, the half time you're together is way better than being together full time in Jesus' name. Thank you for your joy and your prophetic anointing to be upon him. I pray for the fire of God to be with him. Let him speak in different businesses, speak in different places, speak at God, the different leaders in the community in Jesus' name. God, about business and integrity and godliness, anoint him to do the work in the marketplace. Make him an apostle in the marketplace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Do you have a plane yet? Okay, you can be seated going to get a plane. Do you know why? Because Pastor Allen's going to need some rides, and so is uh, people like Greg and Marietta. So I'm, you need to get a plane, brother. Sorry about that. Amen. Because you're going to need a tax right off anyway. <laughs> Next key. He'll come with vengeance, divine retribution. He will come, and he will save you. Amen. He will rescue you during those disasters that are there. I was... Um, had a great meeting in northern Minnesota, way up north where the men are. Men and so are the women. Okay. Way up north. But there's only two seasons, winter and winter's coming. It was April, and it began to snow. And I'm talking about, you haven't seen it down here, snowball flakes. And have you ever had the glorious opportunity to, to drive in a whiteout late at night on a two-lane highway? And I couldn't see the road. You don't want to stop and somebody rear-end you. You don't want to keep going and run into somebody. You might go in the ditch. You can't see nothing. How many know what I mean? And I prayed in the name of Jesus, stop. And it stopped just like that. My son said, now, Dad, that's cool. He saved me. He helped me. When I was uh, in Bible school, I was walking home downtown Minneapolis Three guys were coming up behind me. I don't know if you've heard the story or not. And said, hey, you. And, you know, dummy me. I'm from the country. 
This is late at night. Yeah. And they walk up and go, bam! And they kicked me. And I prayed about it and I felt led to run. Back when I could still run. Because <laughs> so I'm running as fast as I can, but I can't outrun, you know, Paco and Taco. Okay. I mean, they're so close to me, I can smell their burritos on their breath. And there's a guy running next to me, and I said, What do you want? Something like, You want to lay hands on me? And um, I'm going to die at 19. And run as fast as I can. I saw a car come, was parked and coming up. So I, I faked this way, went this way. Maybe they'd run in the car like the three, three stooges. Didn't work. Now I'm on the wrong side of the road. Great. There's my apartment over there. I'm on this side. I said, Jesus, save me. And the next thought I had, I was on the other side of the road. Now there's a guy between me and the other side running side by side. I was on the other side of the road. I don't know how I got there. I don't know how the chicken got across the road. And I ran about two more blocks, got my keys out, couldn't find the right one right away. I mean, what I mean? Uh, got inside, there's nobody there. When the glory of God comes, he saves you. He saves you from disaster. He saves you from bad weather. He saves you from financial disaster. He saved my son from dying of a brain tumor. He saved my granddaughter when her kidneys shut down and the doctor walks up to my daughter. Can you imagine this? Your daughter could die. My daughter looked at that doctor and said, she will live and not die. It spoke the glory of God like you did to that little baby. Amen. The baby lives. I'm going to tell you something. When the glory of God comes, hardened, hardcore sinners are going to find Jesus. Amen. There's so many churches, that the ones that grow, they don't grow by people getting born again. They grow because people want to go to the hottest, newest, coolest meeting around. And I'm believing for this church. You're going to have that transfer growth, obviously. But I'm believing for this church to have a lot of souls saved. How many can say amen? That's when revival happens. People are going to find Jesus. I'm praying you could preach on tithing and people get saved. I'm praying you could teach on worship and people get saved. Amen. I'm praying when you do your conferences, people are going to find Jesus. Amen. He's not one that anybody should perish. So it happened in the great revival in Pensacola. Hundreds of thousands of people found Jesus. How many can say hallelujah? I had one of those days at the airport, you know. Delay, 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 and didn't sleep the whole night. And flew into Colorado. And this guy picked me up with his stepson. and Mid-20s, tattoos everywhere. He's bad the bone. I'm driving away, and I don't know how it came up, but I found out I was a prophet in a nonprofit organization. And I says, you're a prophet, huh? <laughs> He's an agnostic. He's kind of mocking a little bit. I said, well, you know, you can think what you want, but I see you at age 16 uh, in a pool of your own vomit choking to death. He said, who told you that? He said, nobody knows that. I went, Jesus told me. This hardcore guy got saved, backslid, called me two weeks ago. He's wanted in like 50 states. <laughs> so he's in our house. <laughs> got a job the first day, and he's, he's beat, used to beat up people. He said, but I'm afraid of you. That's a cool feeling. Just to have convicted felons afraid of me. Glory to Jesus. Amen. When I was in this church in North Carolina, I called out this guy for an illustration. I picked this biggest Hispanic in the church. He's about this tall. 
So I gave this illustration of, of putting somebody in a headlock, and I headlocked him. And I didn't do it right, and I landed on his chest. He went, said, stop being the senor. I knocked the wind up. I felt terrible. I killed the guy in church. This is not good. That won't look good on my Christian resume. I really make another new website. And so after the service, I'm walking out, and I'm trying to get out there as soon as I can, and this interpreter says, Tomas, Tomas. I said, what? Remember when you body slammed that guy? I went, yeah. You know, he's a devil worshiper. He's been coming to our church, hitting on all the girls. We didn't know what to do, and you called him out and body slammed him. Knocked the wind out of him. Can you imagine? Come on now. You're a devil worshiper, and the prophet body slams you and knocks the wind out of you. It was a great story. He said, better than that, we want you to come back next week and do it again. I said, I don't believe that story happened. Siler City, North Carolina. I can tell you the church. You give him a call. It happened. Amen. But God saves us. Amen. How many of you ever felt like somebody was putting a curse on you? It's like you walk by like, hmm, demonic stuff. I was in Nigeria, and all of a sudden, you've probably had this happen in Africa. All by myself, the room got cold. Even with air conditioning, it never gets cold in Nigeria. And my bed started shaking like this. You ever had that happen yet? It was kind of freaky. It's like I hear this voice. This is the devil, and I know you're here. I said, Whatever. I need to sleep tonight. Get out of my room in Jesus' name. <laughs> I slept really good. He saves you from everything when the glory of God comes. You can be expecting as the glory of God is in this church for multitudes to find Jesus. How many can say amen? you believe that? All right, let me pray for this guy right here. Welcome to you. My people want to meet your people. Who's going to come stand by him? A couple of you guys out there want to help me out there? Yeah, yeah, come on, man. Whatever. Here you go. I want to tell you something, sir. We need people like you in the church. You can work with his hands. You can get things done. Why buy new? And you can fix them for two ninety five and duct tape and wire. Right? Yeah, throw that thing away. We can use that thing, right? So God, I pray tonight as he comes here today, that you know that he's valuable. That God, he has a divine purpose. And God is to help people and is to rescue people. In Jesus' name, I believe that you guys have a heart for the little people. You know, the, 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 the people going nowhere, the people that are not popular, the people that don't have money. But they need to, somebody to feel love and to encourage them and to, lo- and to listen to them and to help them in Jesus' name. The Bible says the greatest in the kingdom are servants. Amen. And I believe you have a heart to serve and bless others in Jesus' name. I'm believing for him to go about six months without watching TV in Jesus' name. Okay, six weeks. Amen. So I pray for that to happen in Jesus' name. Because God, he's got a destiny. And he's to study to show himself approved unto God in Jesus' name. I pray when he comes to church, he's depressed when it's over. Amen. Because God, you've got a plan for him to minister to people here. To put an arm around someone. To shake their hand. To listen. To ask them how they're doing. To invite them over for some, some good food in Jesus' name. So God, I pray you keep him healthy. Because the devil... I'd love to kill him. And the devil tried, and he missed in Jesus' name. You're alive today because it's a miracle of God because people prayed, and that's why you're here, and you're getting your second wind in Jesus' name. Amen.
and she will volunteer to do all kinds of things you don't want to do. You're not leaving, are you, Neil? What's that? Okay. I want to make sure I pray for you before you go. You heading out right now? Okay. All right. We'll get you tomorrow then. Amen. Bless you. Give this man a hand. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right. Okay. Let me give you, what time is it, by the way? I don't even know what time it is. Oh, 8.34. We're just doing incredibly good. All right. Lots of good stuff here. Um, I love this next point. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened, and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer, and the mute tongue will shout for joy. This is one of my favorite things that happen when the glory comes. Signs, wonders, and miracles. It's like when he said, you know, the word was dead on. That's because the glory of God's here. You know how easy it is to prophesy in this church? Do you know why, Pastor? Because the glory of God is here. I'm believing for this church, this is a church prophecy, to have a wall of miraculous testimonies. Healings, finances, people getting saved. You have a wall like that? I believe you do. I like to see a testimony wall. I like to see someday this church have a wailing wall. This is incredible. I've never seen this before. A wailing wall. This is incredible. With stone from Israel. (laughs) You don't have to smoke it. I'm sure you can buy it. Everything can be sold for a price, right? Wouldn't that be awesome? But a testimony wall of what God has done. God is doing signs and wonders and miracles. A couple months ago, I was in a Hispanic church in Missouri. Missouri, sorry. And my shoulder was hurting, so I said, somebody's got a shoulder pain. And a guy walked up and, be healed in Jesus' name. Say sano. And God healed his shoulder. And a little bit later on, comes up and says, I'm blind in this eye. I went, Getting healed of a shoulder pain is a little easier than getting healed of blindness. Of course, it is all God, but how many know what I mean? We prayed. I put my hand on the Holy Bible. I got done praying. I said, how many fingers do I have up? And God healed his eyesight in that eye. It was a miracle of God. And I believe that his glory is going to be upon this church in Jesus' name. You're going to see these miracles, not just sporadically, not just once a year. On a continual basis, amen. No doubt, a lot of churches teach the gifts of the Spirit are not for today. I was in a Methodist church last night teaching on spiritual gifts. And a lady came that had major hip problems, been in pain for years. And and healing is not usually a gift that I pray for people too often. And, And last night, God healed her in front of those people in Jesus' name. I don't have any pain. That's pretty shocking for a Methodist to get instantly healed right in the service. And I'm praying that to happen in our churches, that His glory will be here and people shall get healed in Jesus' name. Brother Steve, I can see you sitting in a cockpit and somebody's got a headache. And Well, I have a doctor that can help get rid of your headaches. You ever done this? In Jesus' name, be healed. (laughs) Wouldn't that be awesome? That's what God wants in your ministry. Is the miracles. Amen. I'm praying a day coming that the mute will be able to talk, not just through your training, but saying like, 
just shut your ears for a second, be healed in Jesus' name. And they can talk perfectly. Now, of course, God uses doctors and he uses lawyers and uses all kinds of people and you can still keep doing what you're doing. But I'm believing for some miracles to happen instantaneously. How many can say hallelujah? I believe that the word I just gave is a word in season. Amen. Now, when you go to work, they're going to see your office, your room. There's something different about that place. Because the glory of God will be there in Jesus' name. When you come to church early, don't come to church to just talk. Come to church early to what? To pray. Do your fellowshipping afterwards and do your praying before. I'm praying that this church, at least the 10 minutes and earlier before the service, people will be flooding the sanctuary, seeking the Lord God while we still can in a building in this country. How many can say hallelujah? Can you imagine, Pastor Allen, what it would be like to come to church in the morning an hour to, to um, even 10 minutes before and the church having 20, 50, 100 people praying to God for his glory to come in Jesus' name as the waters cover the sea. I'd love to see that happen. The one thing that's missing in the old line Pentecostal churches we don't have today, and I just want to go forward, and that's the old time stuff. Where are the prayer warriors? They're very rare. But that's going to change in this church how many can say hallelujah. And I'm going to call out. There's a lot of prayer warriors here. I can just look around and like people are like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But I'm going to call out one in particular. I'm going to pray for you, you ma'am, why don't you come up here? And I want some ladies to come stand by her. Prophet, just want you to help me and anybody else. You've now been designated prayer warrior in Jesus' name. I pray she has intercessory prayer. I pray, Father God, for her to, to pray and seek God for answers for people. I pray, God, that you give her wisdom. You said, above everything, seek wisdom. It's the principal thing. That God, out of her mouth, out of her tongue, will come solutions for people. And as you begin to give solutions to people, God will give solutions to your own struggles in Jesus' name. For God, you've given her wisdom. Amen. God, wisdom and prudence, they dwell together. God, she dwells, God, in the wisdom of God. And I thank you, God, you set her free from the past, from people, from criticism, from people judging her. And she is released into the call to go to the throne room, to connect with God, to get the manna from heaven, and bring it to the service through love and prayer and intercession and even prophetic words in Jesus' name. Release her tongue. In Jesus' name. Let the river of God babble out of her mouth in Jesus' name. God, let words of knowledge and wisdom and prophetic come through her voice in Jesus' name. And she will help people be free from demonic powers by her prayers and her love in Jesus' name. She will never get burnt out. She's attached to the consuming fire in Jesus' name. Amen. Life's been a little rocky, but now you're just on the rock in Jesus' name. Amen. Give her a hand. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Well, well, there's a lot of good points here. Just going to nail it down here a little bit. Um, verse number nine. I, I like this one here. No lion will be there, nor will any ferocious beast get up on it. They'll not be found there. So that means nobody from Detroit will be there. Of course, David fought the lions and the bears. Okay. Well, the Bible does say for a bear one or another, but whatever. Let's keep focused here. You see, when the glory of God comes, are you ready? The devil has to flee. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. 
when the presence of God is so strong, sickness has to flee. It has to disappear. In heaven is there sickness? In heaven is there poverty? In heaven is there depression? How are we supposed to pray? Thy kingdom, thy will be on earth as it is in heaven. That's what happens when the glory of God comes. Satan has to flee. I was doing a meeting in Iowa, where I was last week, and a lady and her friend came in. They were sitting like this. Can you imagine this? I'm going like, I thought I'd seen it all. What charismaniac church do they come from? So I called up somebody to pray for, and they started walking up. Well, what happened was a devil worshiper, witch, had gotten saved in our meeting six years ago, and they came to put curses on her because she was part of their coven. And as I'm praying for somebody else, they decided to come forward and put their hands on them, and they started choking. <laughs> Couldn't even walk forward. <laughs> it was awesome. They had to carry them out. They were the devil worshipers, and they're choking as they're coming forward. You know, because they got too close to the presence of God. Sioux City, Iowa, five years ago. Can you imagine, as the presence of God is here, that all the demonic strongholds, they can't, either they get rid of it, or they have to run out of the church. How many can say hallelujah? That even though you got to do your background checks, no spirit of pedophilia can ever enter these doors. How many can say amen? No eyes of adultery can get through those doors in Jesus' name. Amen? The people start walking in integrity. Because you're walking, as another point says, on the highway of holiness. Highway to holiness. That could be a good song. JC. JC. Okay. That's a good song. See, what are you laughing at back there? And so the point is this. When the glory of God comes, Satan can't control you. You've been freed by the power of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We overcome him by the blood lamb, by the word of our testimony. See, that's the grace of God that is here in this church. And I pray, and this isn't, you said about praying. Prophecy doesn't happen because you don't pray. That's so true. You need to pray before the meetings that the glory of God will come and these things will be made manifest and God will get the praise in Jesus' name. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Well, let me call out one more person and then we're going to wrap it up. We'll pray for more people afterwards. But tonight's a good time to get prayed for because tomorrow I know it's going to be packed out here. So I'm going to have Yvette pick somebody and Pastor Ellen pick somebody. Anybody in the church? No pressure. There's a couple in the back row. This one right here? She's got a vest on. That's the one? Okay. And who do you pick? Muscle man. Is okay. We'll start with the young man first. So come up here. Bring all your friends. Bring all your friend. Okay. Come on, Hal. Greg. Here you go. Amen. And he does like to show off quite a bit. Flexes his muscles in the mirrors. Not a whole lot there, but he tries. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Evidence of things not seen, <laughs> but hope for it. But anyways, 
But God, I thank you that there is a calling of God to work with the youth. I don't see him just, you know, when he's 30, 35 preaching to the youth. I started when I was 17. You know the word. You're getting started. He likes to talk a lot. Isn't that true? Thank you. You talk more than girls half the time. Amen. And God, I pray for him not to be bossy, but to be a leader. Amen. That God, he'll get the grades in school, not because, you know, it's interesting. It's not interesting. But to develop disciplines in Jesus' name. I pray God, his room will be perfectly clean before he eats supper. Amen? Amen. Amen. Why? Because God, he's going to be like a military man in the kingdom. Dedicated and sold out. Now, when it's work day in the church, you don't stay home and watch cartoons or play video games. You're here right when everybody else is here in Jesus' name. That God, you surround him with godly men that are older that he can learn from and be mentored by in Jesus' name. Whatever you end up doing, part will be ministry, part will be business. He'll be a man that can do many things. He can multitask because he has the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit filling him with his power in Jesus' name. Amen. That whatever he does will prosper. Amen. Now, here's your goal in the next six months. Read the Bible more than play video games and movies. Okay. Amen. Good. Give him a hand. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. This roommate never going to be clean. Thanks for the encouragement. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. That starts, by the way, tonight. Before you have a bedtime snack, room will be clean. Before you eat supper, it will be clean. It's preparation for getting married someday. Your wife will appreciate it. Right, Greg? I guarantee you don't see stuff laying around Greg's house for Marietta to pick up, right? Yeah. All right, I need some couples to come stand by them who would like to do that. Amen. How about the guy in the black jacket back there? Can you help me up here? Yeah, you need to help me pray for this couple. Okay, here we go. Amen. You know, there's a phrase in the military, they're looking for a few good men, and that's so true in the church. It's, the Bible says it's hard to find a faithful man. I prefer this man to be the most faithful man. The Bible doesn't say, well done, good and successful servant. It says, well done, good and faithful servant. And I pray for you to be the most faithful man with the talents and skills that you have to build the kingdom. I'd love to see this man someday on a tractor. I just hope it's a good one. John Deere, maybe a bobcat. Amen. You surprise him with God, the opportunities you have for him to succeed to the glory of God. See him going out there and you know, shooting at a mountain lion or protecting somebody in Jesus' name because he has a heart to protect others from the lions that are out there, from the ferocious demonic spirits that are out there in Jesus' name. I've got to pray that he knows there's a call of God to rescue people even to have a home open for the love of God, to have a home open that people can feel loved and cared for in the name of Jesus. That people call you daddy, and you're not the daddy, but you're the best daddy they could ever have in Jesus' name. Now, thank you for the big heart that he has. Who's your worst critic? You just got fired from being your worst critic. Trust me, the devil will find somebody else. They're all around you. Amen. Don't help him. Amen. Receive the compliments. Receive the encouragement in Jesus' name. I'm going to I assume that you go to church here, is that correct? Are you visiting or what? Okay. What I pray for, what's that? Okay. I pray for your wife to be connected to a pastor's wife. So close that you can be a friend, an encouragement, a protector in Jesus' name. I pray for your fire to be upon her. Because it's hard to trust people out there. 
And God, we all get burned in the church, but I know there's a ministry in their lives, Father, to pour into people, to teach, encourage, to prophesy, to build up. I know there's a season of disappointments and discouragement, but God is empowering you through his glory and his presence tonight. You're going to be radically and fundamentally changed and restored, that God can restore that fresh vision and excitement as a new believer to make a big difference in Jesus' name. I pray for her to walk in authority over demonic powers. And people try to get people get depressed or they want to quit or they're disturbed. She can speak the word and the word will heal them. For you sent your word and you healed them in Jesus' name. Yes, you've been disappointed, but God has an appointment with destiny for you. And it starts even tonight to say, here am I, send me in Jesus' name. Amen. Give her a hand in Jesus' name. You need to be connected to that woman right there. Amen. God bless you. I'm praying for your, yeah, I'm going to pray for your family, number one. Yeah, for Doc. I'm going to pray for your family, number one. All the people with kids will be prayed for, number one, after I get done with, with the video. Okay? So I want everybody to bow your heads and shut your eyes. I want to ask you a question. If you died today, where would you go? Don't go to hell. Go to heaven. Give your life to Jesus. What does it profit a man if he gains the world and loses his soul? It doesn't. You need to give your life to Jesus. You need God's forgiveness. Do you need to give your heart to Jesus? Most of you have done that. There might be a few people that need to do it again. But Jesus is here. So if you need to give your life to Jesus on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand as high as you can and give your life to Jesus. Are you ready? One, two, three. Raise your hand to give your life to Jesus. Raise it as high as you can. Pastor, you can look. One, two, three, four. Awesome. Young people, put your hand down. Put it on your heart. Everybody pray this prayer. Everybody say, Jesus. Everybody say, Jesus. Save me. Forgive me. Wash away my sins. I believe in Jesus. Jesus is Lord. He died for me. He rose from the dead. And he's coming back. Thank you, Jesus, for eternal life. By faith. Can you give those four wonderful kids a hand?